I have the privilege today to have the ripe Reverend Pastor Love <laughs> on my show today. Yes, sir. Um, his middle name is Love, so I get to call him Pastor Love. Yes. His name is Greg Sailors. He is a good friend of mine. Uh, he was the former director of New Wilderness Adventures, which yes, was a, an amazing men's ministry, Adventures Men's Ministry. And now you have joined forces with Michael Thompson with Zoe sure. Ministries. And uh, it's good to have you here. It's good to be here, Troy. I'm glad to be here and on the podcast. Love what you're doing. I hope Thanks. a lot of hearts get kindled. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, The glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, It is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you. You can do the same. Let's get rolling. So I'm just going to call you Pastor Love. <laughs> so Pastor Love. Oh, so, we, so we're going to be talking about um, uh, love. Yeah. And uh, it's a big topic. So I think the place I want to start is how has the Lord shown you uh, his love for you? Yeah, there, there's a story that comes right up. And um, I had the opportunity uh, 2004, 2005, to go to Alaska for the first time. And when I was preparing for that trip, I wanted to learn how to fly fish. My father was a southern bass fisherman, so we did a lot of that. Never did any fly fishing. But there was a guy in western North Carolina where I was a part of New Wilderness. His name's Rod Champion. Check those guys out, South uh, Holston River Fly Shop there in Bristol, Tennessee. And Shout out. Yeah. So they... They taught me how to fly fish, and they are masters at it, particularly how to use the fly rod. And so I remember this time I went over to his house. He was in Kings Mountain at the time, and he put his arms around me, Rod. He's a big old statue of a man. Um, and uh, he said, now listen, I ain't queer, <laughs> but you got to let me put your, my hands on you. You got to let me put my hands on you to show you how to do this. Well, fast forward, you know, this is literally two, three months or so at the most before we go to Alaska. Fast forward, we're on the Naha River near Ketchikan, and it's a beautiful river. A lot of people don't realize, but the southeastern area of Alaska is actually a rainforest. All the inner channel there, so from um, Juneau on south, most of that, that's a, that's a rainforest. You get way more rain than you do in Seattle and Portland and whatnot, but... So we're in this river and we're fishing and I'm just struggling. I'm trying to remember how to, you know, what they taught me. And another man that's been such a mighty man in my life, fathering me for years as a spiritual father, his name is Barry Strickland. He was there and he's like, settle down, just slow down, enjoy everything around you, take it all in. You know, so I look yeah. up, beautiful mountains, right? We're in Alaska, a stream full of salmon. 
bears. I mean, the whole nine yards, everything a man just loves is right there. Well, I couldn't hook up. I mean, I was very frustrated. Later on, Barry comes, again, that whole picture, put his arms around you, put your arm on my arm, you know, let me show you how to do this motion. And he showed me, and my, my mind really started to click, and then I hooked up. That's awesome. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. What did thing. you catch? Did you catch a salmon? I caught a salmon, uh, actually in the mouth, which if any of you guys have ever been to Alaska understands that it's almost like walking on a carpet of salmon. There's so many in the river, you know, that are going up to yeah. find their place of birth. And so I hooked up with a salmon, uh, fought it in this beautiful stream. I mean, and I was just in awe of God, you know, loving me so much that he would allow me to catch such a thing. And he spoke to me in that moment, Troy. He said, Greg, you're made for this. And I'm like, what? I'm made for this? For enjoying this? He said, yes. I made this for you. I made Barry for you and Rod and these people that have loved you, fathered you. I made it for you. I love you so much. So there's a little more of that story. We'll we'll circle back to it. But well, let's have a moment to tear up. <laughs> man, it was gorgeous. That was, that's that's special, man. Well, and you know, you asked me what you know uh, before we got started. What do we want to talk about? And, and my heart is so drawn to love. It just it is. It's my middle name. It, it comes from my great grandfather. His name was Love. Of course, growing up, do you think I liked it? <laughs> no. You know, every time that uh, my name was called at school, you know, even up into college, state your name, please, your whole name, you know, Gregory Love Sailors. And then the Snickers and the, you know, the Lover Boy and the <laughs> G Love and all this other stuff, man, you know, it was difficult. You know? I, I tell you, when I first uh, got uh, spent some significant time with you and I found out your name was Love, I laughed. Yeah. Not because I thought the name was funny. I just thought, how appropriate. Mm. I was just like, if, if there's anybody that I know that just has that relational care, concern, and love, it's like, it's you. Yeah. And I was like, that is Thank awesome. You. Well, I love to love people. You know? <laughs> I love to love. And I love uh, the name love now. Um, yeah. God really redeemed it over time. And as I got... A hold of the message that we say at Zoe, you know, the message of the heart, you know, belovedness, and we get oriented to that type of language, we start to understand that that love is a very masculine thing. It's a very intimate and primal thing that God has given us, and it's very much something that we need to do. And it's really an art. We need to learn how to, you know, wield that brush and sculpt that statue. Hey, if nobody's told you today, I just want to let you know that you're amazing. You're awesome. Jesus has picked you. You are on the winning team. You are sitting at the cool kids table. And today is an awesome day to see God's goodness and to extend God's goodness. Um, I want to let you know about two other things that Kindling Fire is doing. Uh, the guests that come on the show are also writing blogs that I'm sending people uh, updates on every other week uh, via Facebook Messenger. And... Uh, we've kicked off the 30-day fire starter challenge, which is a 30-second video that I send you every day to get your fire started and to motivate you and even change how you're thinking. So to sign up for either one of those, 
go to thekindlingfire.com and you'll see a place that says count me in and you'll be in. Well, God called me into ministry when I was 16. Fast forward to when I'm in college and I'm meeting my wife, we're getting married. I'm still asking this question, what is love? And I would hear pastor after pastor get in front of the, or yeah, behind the pulpit and they would say, well, love is, and then usually, as most of you guys would guess, they would go to the love chapter in Corinthians, right? 1 Corinthians 13. So love is fill in the blank. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is not jealous. It never boasts. And what I found out as I thought about that, it never really rung true that that's exactly what love is. It always made me feel like, well, that's that's the qualities of love. That's how I should love somebody. I should love somebody kindly and generously. But what is that, what is love actually? And so I needed to know. I mean, if my middle name's love, and I'm going to carry this badge around of loving folks, <laughs> you know, then I need to know what it is. So I started looking and praying and thinking, and I just really never got anything. Well, Chrissy and I, uh, at the time, were uh, youth pastors at this church in Western North Carolina, and we went to a Josh McDowell conference. And I'm asking God over and over, all right, God, what is this love thing? Well, if you've ever been around Josh McDowell or know anything about him, he loves to ask questions. He loves to get you thinking. And he'll usually, very often, put a microphone up and allow people to come down to the microphone. And so he's asking a question to the young people. The young people are the only ones brave enough to go down there, by the way. None of us youth <laughs> pastor were even coming close to going down there because <laughs> we knew we'd be wrong and he'd be right. <laughs> but uh, so he says, what is love? I mean, my face lit up. I'm looking straight ahead. Oh, my gosh. I'm finally going to get an answer, right? And so all these kids come up, and, of course, they go to the 1 Corinthians 13 chapter. And he finally gets up and he says, this is what love is. And so I want to read this scripture, Ephesians 5, 25 through 30. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies, Troy. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. And that's, again, Ephesians 5, 25 through 30. And Josh McDowell went to a great place with this. He said, you know, we were looking today at love, and let's talk about what love really is. And if you look in Scripture, you know, at all these different things about love, the one that tells us the definition of what love is this verse. And we see it particularly in verse 29. It says, no one ever, excuse me, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. And that really gets down to the essence of what love is, nourishing and cherishing, or to put it in layman's term, provide and protect. All right. And he coupled that with the verse in Luke where Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man, Luke 2.52. Therefore, if we love, if I love you, Troy, which I do, if I love you, <laughs> if I love you, then I'm going to create an environment where you're nourished. 
all right, where you're provided for. And I have a roadmap to how to do that, and that's how Jesus grew, because I want you to grow like Jesus grew, in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man, right? Yeah. Or so mentally, spiritually, physically, relationally. Yeah. And then if anything comes against that in our friendship, you know, then yeah. I'm going to protect it, right? I'm going to cherish it. I'm going to fight for it. And I'm telling you what, it just it rang true for me. And at mm-hmm. New Wilderness, um, the founder's father, Aubrey Folk, he always said, doing the best for the beloved. And I love that. You know, that's what love truly is. You know, immediately I'm thinking about women connecting, you know, feeling this like, hey, we are close and we, we share a lot. And men eating chips watching football. I know, right? And nothing, not saying anything. Just in proximity, watching football together. And then occasionally a fist bump will go up, you know? Yeah, and, and the <laughs> idea for me is, or the idea that comes to that is, well, you know, women lead love. Men, we just need sex. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. You know, right, and I mean, food. Oh, and food. You know, but love, I mean, really? I mean, we're good. Yeah, that seems pretty much wussy right there, you know? <laughs> To have exactly. to get love. I mean, growing up, think about it. I mean, that's the way we acted as knucklehead teenagers. I mean, yeah. but we truly did want love. I mean, it is placed inside of us by God. It's part of our DNA, you know. And, you know, we've worked. I've worked with men for 15 years now, and I've seen story after story of guy, of, of young, young, young sons and even young daughters that didn't get it. They didn't get it, you know, and, and the tragedy that we see from it is all over this world. So I'm going to just say, uh, I'm going to call BS on that. And not that you did that, but, but I'm going to call BS that men don't need love. I, oh. think, I, think, it's, I think it's completely ridiculous. It it's is just di- the pose and, the, and the, it's the false self. It is not your true heart. It is not how God made or designed men. But I'm going to tell you, and not that you don't know this, you're an expert, I'm not, that's why you're on the show, <laughs> is there's a, there's a way that men can receive it. Mm-hmm. There and is. And it's not just, let's, let's, you know, sit around and have coffee, like, and, and chat. Right. It's not, it doesn't work that way always. For no, me. no. There, there are places, spaces where, where men receive love. I, I want to... For the you know the the sake of what we're talking about, say that we, we really are going to talk now a little more about how we receive love individually, not as much how we receive love from our wives or our children, just because I really want to go to the uh, scripture here about no one ever hated his own flesh, but he loved his flesh basically. He took yeah. care of his flesh and his heart, and most men don't know how to love themselves. Mm. And so when they don't know how to love themselves, they don't know how to love anybody else. And it, the, the tragedy that comes from how they, they try to love or they project, you know, onto other people. And usually they're projecting what they desperately want. And so in order to, to really give us some framework for some more of our talk here, let's talk about how we receive love, yeah. you know, from the Heavenly Father or from other people rather than how we give love you know, to people. Um, and we live in a very narcissistic society. And the one thing that we see in the scripture, though, God's almost saying you need to be narcissistic. You know, you need to be willing to focus on yourself with me in order for you to be that man or that woman that I've designed you to be. 
And so uh, it's a really a, a big care and concern for my heart and really my calling in my life is to help people to uh, understand love and, and receive love. I mean, my calling that God gave me words to years ago with my buddy Gary Barklow was that I'm to create environments where men and women can have those intimate burning bush relational moments with God, those yeah. love moments with God. And, uh, and so it's very important to my heart that, you know, we understand that. Well, you know, one of the key things to men receiving love is respect, right? And the God is the great respecter. He loves us so much and gives us free reign in so many areas and wants us to go out to the Alaska wilderness, right? Mm-hmm. My dad, I want to talk about him for a minute, if we will, and uh, get you some, some story here about um, receiving love. Uh, I tell my boys that, um, you know, I never went to bed a night as a, as a young man, even up into my 20s when I was around him, that I didn't get a hug, I didn't get a kiss, I didn't get a honey, I love you from him. It's a great inheritance, yeah, it's incredible. you know, from him. And my mother, too. My mother was very full, is full of, she's still living. My dad passed in 99 yeah. of a heart attack. And so I grew up in this environment of love. Hmm. And uh, it was amazing. And I wish everybody had it. And they were great respecters, you know. And so when you, when you receive love as a man particularly, and you, you'll hear this quoted over and over in men's conferences and stuff, is that a man needs respect more than he needs to hear, I love you. Yeah. Show me that you love me through your respect, through the way you honor me. And, you know, it sometimes comes the, you know, obviously back to the marriage relationship particularly. But, yeah. you know, as friends, you know, you and I, yeah. how how can you love me best? You can show me respect and love and honor. Yeah. That through, love through respect and honor and vice versa. Yeah. So my dad was a great story of that. He um, Never forced himself on us. He never, even when we he gave us instruction or chores or whatever, mm-hmm. it was never forced. You know, mm-hmm. it was more of a do it because you love me. Do it because you want to respect me, right? You mm-hmm. want to honor me. And so I've tried to do that with my boys. I fail, of course, sometimes, yeah. but uh, I feel like that I'm teaching them that. Well, Dad and I had lots of stories. I mean, one of the ones that sticks out in my head. Um, in relationship was that of that was a fishing trip one time. He said, all right, because he usually would plan our trips, right? Yeah. And when I got to be around 12, he said, all right, I want you to plan this trip. And I want you to tell me where we're going to go. And I'll make it happen within reason, right? Yeah. We're going to Alaska. No, it wasn't time for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he worked for uh, Duke Power, Duke Energy now and had access to the Catawba Nuclear Station and some of their shores. Yeah. And so I said, that's where I want to go. I want to do that. Yeah. He said, all right, you got to do all the baiting, get all the stuff ready, you know, and I'm just going to drive you there. I'll fish with you, but it's about that. Yeah. And so we do all the preparation, and I'm doing all the preparation, getting it ready. We get there. We get, we get hooked up. We get uh, everything out. We get on the shore. We're, we're catfishing, mm-hmm. all right? We come around, you know, the bend to uh, where the, the shore is, and, and 
It's just gorgeous. I mean, there's sunrise going on. There's dad and I in front of the rods. He's got his coffee. I think it was the first time I drank coffee, you know, and I hated it, of course, <laughs> Everybody. as we have coffee, yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, he said, son, you can do this. And he allowed me to do it. Now, I, I had bait casting reel, and I messed up. He helped me with that, right? So he, he came in, but he was this great respecter of, I wanna, I've want to. i showed you how to do this before. I believe in you, and I will help you if you need it, but we can do this together. You can do this. Yeah. And it was just a great moment of us. Uh, so we caught a, I think we caught an 18-pound catfish. And, that is a big you know, catfish. Yeah, it was. Uh, caught, we always caught some brim ahead of time, and then we would use brim to fish with. And it was a, a really nice catfish. And, you know, we filleted it up together, and I did most of the work again. That hand-over-hand stuff that we talked about earlier, you yeah. know, when I was older with Barry and with Rod. But so, you know, God's this great respecter. Well, my dad passed away in 1999. Yeah, you know, and that was a tremendously hard. How old were you? You know, thing, uh, twenty-one or two, I guess, okay. yeah. somewhere in there. And that was difficult, of course. Yeah. So there's so many stories there. I want to I want to highlight one of those ones after God passed away, and it kind of came up um, because of a conversation of something we're doing at Zoe right now in relationship to butterflies, if you will, butterflies. Our girls at Zoe are doing a deepening weekend, which is coming up. And I, yeah. God gave me this quote from Maya Angelou about butterflies that I sent them. And, and then I remembered, I hadn't thought about this in a long time, but I remembered a few months after my dad had passed away, I was in the mountains at this mountain pond that dad and I would go to sometime. And I was just crying out to the Lord, Troy, asking God, you know, look, dad's gone. I'm sad, of course. You know, and three weeks to the day after my dad passed away, my uncle, who was really like my grandfather, yeah. you know, he passed away. So I had the two most important men in my life die within three weeks of each other. Wow. And about, you know, two, three months after that, um, in September, I'm at this lake, you know, it's starting to turn colors on the trees late September, coming around this trail and... um and I'm asking God for a sign and just give me something, Lord. I, I, my heart's breaking. I miss Dad. I miss Uncle Max. I'm 20-something-year-old guy that my, my instructors are gone. Yeah. Show me something. Dad always loved butterflies. You know, he, he enjoyed butterflies. And I don't know if you've ever seen Avatar or the, the movie or, or Patch Adams. And there's these scenes in both of those movies where... Butterfly like well, butterfly like things in Avatar, and then butterflies themselves kind of land on those characters in those movies. Well, that happened with me. I went around this corner, and it had to have been a hundred, two hundred butterflies. There was just a, a swarm of them, and they. I went around the corner. I'm asking God, and He shows me this scene. I walk into it, Troy, and these butterflies like start coming and they land on my skin, my head, my arms, my shoulders, everything. Not thousands of them, but hundreds, you know, and i am got a good many of them on me. And I'm just, I'm weeping at the time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving me, for showing me the way you love me. Thank you for this holy moment, this great gift. So God loves us, man, and he loves us. He loves us uniquely and individually. Yeah. He has a language just for us. So uh, 
And I want people to understand that uh, that has a beautiful story. And if you have not had those stories, mm-hmm. then you need to stick around and yeah. give God opportunity to give you those stories. Amen. Because you have your own butterfly story that maybe you just have yet to, to have. I'm going to pause the conversation right there and pick it up next episode. See you then. The Apostle Paul said in the Bible, Fan into flame the gift of God which you have received. God wants us to partner with Him to fan into flame those unique talents and gifts that we have into a huge fire that impacts the world with His glory. But we have to do our part. That's where you need to take the Firestarter Challenge. For 30 seconds a day, I will send you inspirational videos of scriptures and quotes to get your fire started for the day, and you just start to fan into flame so that you can have the amazing life that God intends you to have and the amazing impact that He intends you to have. Be awesome. The easiest way to sign up for the 30-day Firestarter Challenge is to go to thekindlingfire.com slash 30, the number, days. There's a button there that says count me in, and that is all you need to do.